This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Chelsea ownership saga is, by all accounts, heading into its final stretch. And all signs point to the consortium led by Los Angeles Dodgers minority owner Todd Bowley taking the reins of the Stamford Bridge Club. So who is Todd Bowley? What is his agenda? And why is he and his mega rich friends willing to part ways with billions of dollars to be part of the Premier League bandwagon? Well, today I'm delighted to welcome David Sampson to the show to discuss all those questions and much more. For those of you unfamiliar with David, he is the former president of MLB's Miami Marlins and a World Series champion to boot and now hosts the hugely popular CBS Sports pod, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. So he is a colleague of mine. Very excited. Nobody in the media does a better job at explaining the business side of sports. So I'm looking forward to picking his brains on this subject as Chelsea is getting closer and closer to an actual sale. Que Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso, YouTube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, Kego Lasso pod on Twitter, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. David Sampson, it's an absolute pleasure. Baseball and soccer unite, my friend. How are you? What took you so long? <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you. I love it, David. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And nothing personals, David Sampson, CBS Sports. Of course, a lot to discuss David, I love your background. It's 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 rocking. It's probably the first baseball background we've had on the show. I, I believe there's Narza. He might agree with me in the chat, but it's beautiful, my friend. Well, thank you. This is actually when I was in the baseball for 18 years and I accumulated a bunch of stuff. But also I've got my torch from Survivor. That's in the background that I that got snuffed after three days at the first boot. That's right. What year was that, David? 2014, uh, right? Yeah, we filmed in the summer of 13. I got to leave for three weeks while we were losing 100 games that year, so that was positive. <laughs> Unfortunately, I only lasted three days on the island. I've got a shoe there that I drank out of at my daughter's wedding. We did shoeies, <laughs> thanks, to F, thanks to F1. I've got Wilson right there, so I'm never lonely, I so that's important. Wilson. He and I have conversations all the time. <laughs> and then Sparky's my nickname. That's the jersey behind me. And 91 is the number of wins we had when we won the World Series in 2003. So I'm surrounded by things that sort of make me smile. Little nuggets on my path. I love it, my friend. And if you haven't checked out Nothing Personal, please check it out. It's great. A lot of great insight. And this is exactly why we have David on the show. So, David, let's get straight into it. Uh, obviously, you know, as we are taping, things are getting closer and closer. Perhaps by the time people even listen to this and watch this, maybe it's even official, but we will find out soon enough. Uh, you know, the news circulating, of course, that Todd Bowley, the consortium behind Todd Bowley, is getting closer and closer of getting Chelsea Football Club after, of course, Roman Abramovich had to leave due to the sanctions, due to the UK government sanctioning against uh, any Russian ol oligarch and Rus uh, Roman Abramovich being a, a major part of that. He actually, Roman Abramovich came out with a statement 
uh, of today regarding that loan that he doesn't expect back. We will see about that. It was a lot of words. Uh, we'll see if action is actually translated into such. But David, first of all, describe to us and the soccer world, the football world, the Chelsea fan base, Todd Bowley, uh, as a sports franchise owner and as somebody, as you know, obviously from the MLB world. Well, I think you have to look at things and wonder to yourself, why are so many American men trying to buy teams in the EPL? And what is it about it? So the number one character trait that you have to have to be an owner is ego and an unbelievable desire to be recognized, known, and feted. And that may sound negative to you, and it may be negative, but I want to take you all the way back to when the Los Angeles Clippers, an NBA team, were sold to a man named Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer made billions of dollars in Microsoft, and he said, when asked why would he spend $2 billion to buy a team, he said, I can't get into a restaurant in LA, and I started Microsoft. <laughs> now I own the Clippers. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want to. <laughs> and that's a little nugget for you. So think about someone like John Henry, who bought the Red Sox. He started off owning the Marlins, and he wanted more. So he wanted to get and buy the Red Sox. So he's running the Red Sox. He's winning World Series. And that sort of U.S. domination and the way that it feels when you're at the top of U.S. sports, what you say to yourself is, I can do better. I can conquer the world. And the best way to conquer the world is through football or soccer as we call it, but it's football. Because as popular as the NFL is, and the NFL is always what MLB owners strive for, right? We're jealous of the NFL, but everybody here in the US is jealous of EPL and of football overseas. So once you've conquered the US, what's natural? It's been going on for centuries. You find new territory, you find new land. You say to yourself, I want this, I can do it because then I'm gonna be beloved or beheaded or beheaded in multiple countries, on multiple continents. Go back to Tom Hicks. Do you remember that name? Of course. He owned Liverpool. I went to a Liverpool Man U game and they were doing parades to get rid of Tom Hicks, right? I mean, people overseas, people in the US, they always question their owners. Are you spending enough money? Are we getting the best players possible? So all Chelsea supporters are saying right now, is Bowley going to spend money? Well, guess what? Abramovich, he didn't do so badly. He was spending money too. Of course, Bowley's going to spend money. But now are you asking, is he going to win? Bowley's going to promise you the world because we all do. How the hell do we know if we're going to win? He can't <laughs> guarantee you any hardware, any trophies. I guess he can promise you no relegation. That may be the number one thing. But all these potential owners of Chelsea flying over and saying, we met with the fans and we're going to promise to do X, Y, and Z. It's the biggest bunch of crap I've ever heard. <laughs> owners don't care. They just say whatever has to be said in order to attempt to be beloved. Well, nothing can be more justified, David Sampson, than uh, the Glazers' relationship with Manchester United because Manchester United fans are not happy uh, you know, obviously, in the 90s, Manchester United was the royalty of uh, the Premier League, of course, treble winners with Sir Alex Ferguson. And now the Glazers obviously are dealing with a lot going on. But my own Aston Villa owned uh, partly owned by Wes Edens, of course, who owns the Milwaukee Bucks as well. So there's a lot of American interest. The thing about Todd Bowley, David Sampson, I'm wondering, and it's a good point that you brought up regarding the 
the influx of American ownership and the interest, obviously, despite the huge prices, but the value that you can see in the Premier League. The thing that's interesting to me about Todd Bowley and Chelsea is that Roman Abramovich came in at a time when the Premier League and Chelsea itself was different. He actually transformed everything, Roman Abramovich, from a purchasing perspective, even before Manchester City and the Middle Eastern ownership. So what do you think Todd Bowley will do as he separates himself from the Roman Abramovich era? I love that question because anyone who takes over for Abramovich, the first thing they're going to do is provide stability. Mm. They want to be known because it's not like Abramovich, and, and I don't want to say anything controversial because I just believe this. It's not like Abramovich went around Chelsea saying, I hate supporters of Chelsea. I'm not going to do anything nice in the community. I'm a miserable Russian oligarch, and I love Vladimir Putin, so screw all of you. That's really not what he did, right? But what Bowley's going to have to do with anyone who gets Chelsea, and I'm not with you, I don't think that this deal is going to close before people listen to this show. I think there's a lot of green yet to cover. Mm. And especially with all these debts and the loans, Abramovich needs to get money out of this, even though he said he wasn't going to. Believe me, he will. But Bowley, if he's smart, when you go into a situation like this, you provide stability. You set up a bunch of focus groups. You set up a bunch of of events where fans feel like that they're now more involved, that they're witnessing you do good things and be a good person. But at the same time, you're working on your football operations department, trying to make sure going into this, if you're going to spend $5 billion, you have to have a player acquisition budget. So they know exactly the big signing they want to do. They know exactly where their payroll is going to be. And then they are figuring out sort of, they have a five-year plan and they're not going to tell you what it is, but I promise you that Bowley, as a minority owner in LA, he wants to be a majority owner. He wants to be the out front public guy because in baseball, Todd Bowley's not that. He's a limited partner. He's a minority partner. He's now deciding that he wants to step over Mark Walters, who, who is the public face of LA, step over Stan Kasten, step over the Glazer family, and he wants now to be front and center. So he's going to take care of his ego, but he's going to mask it by taking care of you first. So that was my question. Do you think he's more uh, Fenway group uh, where Liverpool, of course, in the Champions League final and they're going for a historic quadruple, incredible things What Liverpool is doing. They attracted LeBron James of all people as well. Or is he more Glazers, do you think, where it's really just delegating and seeing everything from from Florida? I think it will be more Glazers. Uh, I think that what you see with Fenway Sports Group, you know, the whole LeBron thing, don't get me started. That is, that is, LeBron is not an owner of the Red Sox or an owner of Liverpool. He bought into the holding company. He's just throwing in some money. That's it. Not even enough. (laughs) That's exactly right. And this is just about having ownership and being able to be in LeBron's orbit. And, and my personal view is fans Mm. of the Red Sox could care less that LeBron James owns a piece of Fenway Sports Group. Fans of Roush Racing, fans of Liverpool. You think they sit around saying, oh, thank God LeBron James is an owner of our team, right? (laughs) We don't have to win now. We've got LeBron as our owner. I mean, it's such horse hockey, right? I can't (laughs) even believe it. So I don't think Chelsea fans are going to be fooled whether Bowley brings in celebrities or not, whether they – brings out a red carpet and flies in people, you know, to sing the national anthem. They just want to see competitive football. They want to see winning and they'd like to see someone who's not a Russian oligarch. That's my view of this. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. So let me, let let me paint a picture for you. And I'm wondering what, how you would see it because you make a good point about what Chelsea fans want. Chelsea, the defending 
Champions League champions uh, until they lost to Real Madrid. So now it's between Real Madrid and Liverpool. But, you know, uh, high pedigree. They're, they're on thin ice right now and trying to even make it in the Champions League next season. They're third right now in the Premier League. But also they have an FA Cup final against Liverpool. Chelsea have big ambitions. And that's obviously due to the legacy that Roman Abramovich left behind. It might sound like a patronizing question, but do you think Todd Bowley understands that? Do you think he's coming into this thinking, I need to understand how important this club is? Also from the very fact that, you know, they're in West London. It's not a club that it's in, uh, you know, in the outskirts of North England. It's in London. It's a very powerful club. How important do you think or how aggressive he will be in the first few months when, if he takes over? So let me tell you a story. In in the U.S., we tend to be uh, very provincial, right? Mm. Our view is that the Red Sox-Yankees, that's the greatest rivalry in sports. And I used to think that until I went to a Man U Liverpool game well at done, Anfield. Sir. And then I said to myself, oh, my God. First of all, the Red Sox-Yankees is a joke. <laughs> Second of all, I am never going to get people to love my Marlins the way people love their team in Liverpool. I will never have that emotional connection that spans centuries, you know, decades, generations. It doesn't matter whether the Marlins have been around since 1993 or the Yankees, you know, since the 1900s. There's something about the EPL and about football in general that what owners tend to think is that they can take what they know and apply it to the next situation, which is how you get owners who have never owned a team. They come in and they're bumbling and fumbling because they try to run a baseball team or a football team the way they ran their shipping business. Yeah, And it's just a totally different world. Well, the as big a difference as it is from shipping boxes to owning a baseball team, that's how big a difference it is from owning a baseball team to owning Chelsea. Yeah. So I have no confidence at all that anyone who's bidding for Chelsea understands the significance, the tradition. They all give you lip service. They all tell you that they've done their reading. They understand the history. They've been to games so they can appreciate it. Trust me, until you're there and until you're the face of a franchise, which Todd has never been, until you understand what it is to have that passion that people in the U.S. don't have, period, no matter how much, how many tattoos you have of your favorite team, you're not even close to a fan of football overseas. Until you understand that, you won't know how you're going to deal with it. So I can't pretend to tell you how Todd will be as an owner, but I can tell you he doesn't understand what it is to be an owner, as I don't either. Wow, it's going to be great. Well, I got to say, as an Aston Villa fan, I feel very privileged because Wes Edens and Nasser Sawiris did put a lot of effort. They came in when Aston Villa were in the championship, David. That's the league below the Premier League, and we needed to come back up, and that we did. And and that's the kind of, uh, to your point, uh, historical importance that every club needs in order to really become successful. Let me, you you said something earlier on. I kind of wanted to come back to it. Um we, we've been talking about a few names. It's not just the Premier League, massive American interest in Serie as well, part of Paramount Plus and CBS Sports as well. So it's growing and growing. What, aside from obviously the ego side of things that you were talking about, and despite the huge prices, they have to be seeing value here as well uh, as part of their repertoire, I guess. Well, there's tremendous asset 
appreciation, right? So, so far, the game of musical franchise chairs, no one's been left holding the bag. We have yet to see someone buy a team and then sell a team for less than what they paid for it. Now, you have to add up the losses. You have to add up the different expenditures that you have during the course of your ownership. But overall, it is a good investment. But really, the people who are buying these teams... They don't need a certain ROI from these teams. It's not their principal source of income. So they're not looking for a specific return. They don't want to lose money on an annual basis. That's for sure. They want the value of the team to increase. That's for sure. But they don't evaluate it the way they evaluate with regular business principles, their core businesses. And that's both the good news and the bad news. You don't want emotion to play too big a role in how you operate your team because it can lead to bad decisions, but you also don't want to operate it with just dollar signs, and believe me, I've done both. I worked for an owner who was very emotional, and I was interested in making sure it was a a viable business, so I understand the push and pull, and you prepare for the way you think you're going to act, right? You think you know, but you don't. What you only thing that you can say for sure is... I'm a minority partner of the Dodgers. I have enough money. I have a group together. We're going we're gonna to overpay for this team. We know that. There's no justification for this price. It's not like 10 times EBITDA. There's no economic analysis that could get me to this price. But I get to go to parties, and I will be the owner of Chelsea, the front-facing owner of Chelsea. And I know that I'm going to be able to sell it. Let's say I lose a half a billion dollars, which would be unheard of. His kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids are not going to have a problem. So when you've got that security, it makes taking a leap of faith and overpaying like they are a little bit easier. So final question, David Sampson. Nothing personal with David Sampson. It's been great to have you here. Final question. If, when it happens, if you were a Chelsea fan, from everything that you know from Todd Bowling, should you be happy, content, cautiously optimistic, worried? What would you describe that to me? Can I say this to all of your listeners without getting yelled at? Well, let's see. Okay. It always made me crazy when fathers would come up to me at baseball games and say, I'm not going to games because you're the president and I hate you and I'm not taking my son to a game either. And I always said, you're going to take away a memory of an experience with your son who doesn't know who owns the team. He doesn't know who's the president. He doesn't care. He wants to spend three hours with your dad, with his dad. That's what he wants. You're not going to do it because you don't like me and you've never even met me. If you love Chelsea... Just love Chelsea. I want you to be a fan. You're not going to win every year. You're not going to win every match. You are not going to win every cup and every trophy. But how about the experience of being the fan? How about embracing the downs and the ups? You say the Glazer family, there's hatred. Man, you, how successful have they been? Let me ask you a question, if I could turn the table. As a organization, do you find the Glazers to have had a successful run as owners or not successful? Comparatively to the legacy of Manchester United, no, I don't think so, because they haven't been able to keep up. But to be fair to them, the competition became so much harder once, you know, Manchester City was bought by Middle Eastern interest, which just became almost impossible to compete with. So it's not completely their fault. But from a marketable perspective, Manchester United, just like the Yankees, remains such a marketable product. So from that angle, it's not awful. Right. But they ha- they're not going to win a trophy this year, Manchester United, once again. They might not even get Europe as well. That's a major problem for a club like Manchester United. 
But is it enough to take fans of Man U to say, no. you know what, we're going to move to Man City? No, because it's of the chance, because right? of the uh, comment that you made earlier, which is like in England, in Europe, in this game of ours, there's no such thing as bandwagoning. You you pick a club, you stay right there, especially if you come from that city. I couldn't agree more, which is why if I'm Chelsea supporter, it's all nice, all these fun and games. Uh -huh. Let Todd Bowley win. Let the Ricketts win, even though they're not. Let Sir Richard Branson win. I know he's not even a candidate. It right. doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you are a Chelsea supporter, and that's how you're going to die as a Chelsea supporter. Well said, my friend. Well, at least Christian Pulisic might have a better chance at staying at Chelsea, the American, now that you have an American owner. We will see if that happens. Hey, do, do you have a club, David Sampson? Do you have a team that you like by any chance? So can I say it? And it's just because I was there. I don't know how you cannot be a fan of Liverpool because when I'm at Anfield and that experience, I've been to thousands of games and I have seen what I thought was everything in the sports world. And I've been to events all over the world. That is the single greatest sporting event I've ever been to. And it's not even close. And I just, I, I have such great respect for the fan affinity and for the passion, the emotion, that it, it, it's emotional for me to think about it. So, yeah. so I have followed Liverpool to this day from that moment. But I listen, I can be bought. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you can't walk alone unless it becomes a part of a money situation. I love it, David Samson. David Samson, nothing personal with David Samson. Make sure that you check it out. Anything else to plug? Anything else that you'd like me to mention before we say goodbye, David? Oh, no, I appreciate your time. Let's do it again. Absolutely, my friend. David Sampson from Nothing Personal. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see what happens to Chelsea, their future, and, of course, Todd Bowley's ownership. Que golazo pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash que golazo. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.